Blog Talk Radio. Psalm 145, David's Psalm of Praise. I will extol thee, my God, O King, and I will bless thy name for ever and ever. Every day will I bless thee, and I will praise thy name for ever and ever. Great is the Lord, and greatly to be praised, and his greatness is unsearchable. One generation shall praise thy works to another, and shall declare thy mighty acts. I will speak of the glorious honor of thy majesty, and of thy wondrous works. And men shall speak of the might of thy terrible acts, and I will declare thy greatness. They shall abundantly utter the memory of thy great goodness, and shall sing of thy righteousness. The Lord is gracious and full of compassion, slow to anger, and of great mercy. The Lord is good to all, and His tender mercies are over all His works. All thy works shall praise thee, O Lord, and thy saints shall bless thee. They shall speak of the glory of thy kingdom, and talk of thy power, to make known to the sons of men His mighty acts, and the glorious majesty of His kingdom. Thy kingdom is an everlasting kingdom, and thy dominion endureth throughout all generations. The Lord upholdeth all that fall, and raiseth up all those that be bowed down. The eyes of all wait upon thee, and thou givest them their meat in due season. Thou openest thine hand, and satisfiest the desire of every living thing. The Lord is righteous in all his ways, and holy in all his works. The Lord is nigh unto all them that call upon him, to all that call upon him in truth. He will fulfill the desire of them that fear Him. He also will hear their cry, and will save them. The Lord preserveth all them that love Him, but all the wicked will He destroy. My mouth shall speak the praise of the Lord, and let all flesh bless His holy name for ever and ever. Praise the Lord, praise the Lord, brothers. You can tell me far, and you are listening to Issues Christian Men's Talk. Like, thank you for joining us. If you received the link on your text on the cell phone, or if you're listening online at www.blocktalkradio.com forward slash Deacon Thomas Far, we'd like to welcome you, and we pray that you uh, will be blessed by what we share today. Also, uh, if you called in at 646-668-2636, you press 1 on your keypad. Uh, we see you on the switchboard, and we can bring you into the conversation. You can share your insights, wisdom, or ask any questions you would like to. Amen. Today, we're going to be talking about the biblical priorities of a Christian man. I just want to share a few minutes with you and, 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 and to encourage you, to challenge you, and to support you and, 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 hold, you, and hold each other. And we hold each other accountable. These are the things and the principles that we that we. Uh, that we live by and that we support here at Issues Christian Men's Talk and the conversations we have and the sharing of wisdom one to another. Amen. So we're going to open the prayer and we'll get right into the conversation. We also have announcements. We have a lot of upcoming events, hopefully, that you could come out and, and meet in person and be part of. So we pray that also. Um, amen. And as always, if, you, if your church or your ministry is having a men's event, when you're meeting in person, please reach out to me and be posted on uh, Facebook. We can put it out there, share with the brethren so that we can have opportunities to come together and encourage one another. Amen. Let us pray. Father God, I say thank you right now. Well, thank you for all that you all know that you've done, Lord God. But I give you praise, God. Praise from my heart, oh God, for who you are and what you have done, God. 
I give you praise, O oh God, because you are my Lord, you are my Savior, you are my Redeemer, O oh God. So I thank you, Jesus. I thank you, Jesus. I thank you, God, for sending your son, Jesus, to die for me, to redeem me, and to reconcile me back unto you, Lord God. I thank you for a relationship, O oh God. I thank you for connection, O oh God, that you, that you, O oh God, have thought fit to God, reach out and save me, O oh God. We thank you for opening up blinded eyes, God, for every man that's on the line. I thank you for every husband, father, and son, O oh God. I ask that you would bless them, touch them, encourage them, O oh God, to, to, for today, O oh God. For in this moment that they're hearing my voice, oh God, and they're listening in, that you would touch them. You know the needs, you know the desires, you know the, the challenges, you know the struggles, our physical, our mental, our spiritual struggles that we're going through, Lord. So, Father, I pray your Holy Spirit would touch every brother, oh God, the sound of my voice, that you might be encouraged, you might be challenged, you might be equipped and supported in who you called him to be why you created each of us, oh God. Father, I pray for the church today, oh God. I pray for pastors, elders, and leaders in, in the ministries, oh God. I pray for those who lay behind the scenes, oh God. I pray that you, God, today would be a day of salvation for the lost, oh God. I pray for God, those church members, oh God, those in the body of Christ, oh God, that you would touch them all, oh God. Continue to watch over us, continue to bless us, God, and lead us, God, that no matter what's going on in the world, Father, we will fear not because we know you are in control. So we thank you. We give you all honor and glory. In Jesus' name I pray. Amen, amen, and amen. Amen, brothers. So, um, again, we have a couple of men's events coming up uh, here. Um, the Church of Redeemer of the Lord, uh, Pastor Elder um, Hall, Rondell Hall, they are planning. They have in the works. Well, the plan is out, and the schedule is out from March the 28th to the 30th. Men's retreat. There, uh, those details will be out in my next broadcast. Also, if you go on our Facebook page, Issues Christian Men's Talk, you'll see the flyer there. Or you can give me a call. I can let you know. There's a couple other things going on. Uh, a lot of retreats coming up. Also, in next year, there's one in Pennsylvania. Um, there's a couple in New York. Is is there's a lot. There's a lot. So I encourage you to go to Issues Christian Men's Talk on the Facebook page, or you can give me a call directly. Send me a text and I'll send you the information that you might be able to be connected with those upcoming events. And again, um, every uh, first Saturday, Church of Redeeming the Lord, the men meet. Grace Community Church, the men meet every Monday night at 7. Um, they're in Fulton, Maryland. We encourage you to come out there. We recently just had a chili cook-off fellowship soon and also in January for um, – Jesus Lives Ministries, Men's Group, Boys to Men's Fellowship. They're coming up in January. I believe that's going to be the second week of January, around the 13th or so. So I encourage you to be part of that also. Please put these dates in your calendar. And, if you've, uh, again, you can reach out to me. I give you dates and locations. And pray that you will take the time and come out and be part of them. Amen? Amen. So let's begin today. So today I'm going to talk about, again, we're talking about the biblical priorities of a Christian man, God, family, the church, community, and work. So as we know, you know, setting up priorities is a funny thing because if we have, we have priorities, this leads us to have balance in our life. So the more we decide in advance what we are prioritizing in our lives, it's how we set the foundation of our lives, that we will keep that balance. And what's going on, no matter the circumstances, no matter what happens, whatever comes up. But once we have priorities and we set those 
set those priorities in our life, it's easy to have balance. You know, a lot of people are talking about life balance between work and, and, and their personal time. But again, as men of God, what are our priorities? Or what should our priorities be? That's what we're going to talk about today. Again, here at Issues Christian Men's Talk, we don't stand on a pedestal like we all have it together, but we come together as brothers to encourage one another in these things, in this Christian walk, and for us to be able to recalculate, reevaluate to where we are, and to, and to look at ourselves, to look at each of us, each brother on the line, if you look at ourselves and see where we are according to what God has called us to be as men. Because if we, if we don't hold each other accountable, we tend to drift. This is why it's so important for to be part of a local church, to be part of a men's group, to be part of the community of believers, that we hold each other accountable and we don't get distracted by the tricks of the enemy, by temptation, by the culture, and taking our eyes off of what God's purpose for us and what God is doing in our lives and be caught up into the things of what the world is going on that will take us off of the path that God wants us to be and who he wants us to be in the world, in the earth. Amen? Because remember, brothers, we are called to be salt and light. And as husbands, husbands, fathers, and sons, we have a great influence over this. So it's important that we prioritize. And again, this is something that is important to us, something that we care about, something that is important to us that we will show, we show what's important by our deeds by how we live. What do you prioritize? First of all, let's start there. Every man must evaluate himself. The scripture calls us to examine ourselves. So today, in this moment that you hear my voice, what are your priorities? List your top five. We're going to talk about five here. So I want you to, in your, in your mind right now, list your top five, and then I'm going to share some of the things that what God is saying about who we are and what our priorities should be. It's not no no well there is a specific order to it. But again, we have to understand where are we, where are you, where am I? I have to look at myself and see that my priorities are in the right order. Just because we can have a lot of things as priorities, but are they in the right order? Amen. So let me ask you this. Let me let me let me, let me um start here. For a self test as we begin to talk. The self test. Scale from one to five, with five being very faithful and one being not faithful. So there's a spectrum there. Five being very faithful, uh, being mostly faithful, somewhat faithful, and one being not faithful at all. So on the scale from one to five, what is your priorities? Loving God on the scale from one to five. Loving people. Wife, children, and friends on a scale of one to five. Your vocation, work, rest, recreation, and your health on a scale of one to five. How faithful you are to those things in your life. How faithful you are to what's important to you. Money on a scale of one to five. And ministry and service. And I want to make sure we're clear when we talk about ministry and service. We're not talking about titles. We're talking about what did you do for God? How is God using you? What God has sanctified, God, God has saved you, justified you, and sanctified you. But now what are you doing for the kingdom of God to better the kingdom that you might stand for him and hear well done, my good and faithful servant? So when we talk about how faithful we are to ministry and service, very faithful, mostly faithful, somewhat faithful, 
or not faithful at all. And that can that can be that can, that can be identified in a lot of ways. That's a, that could be a whole episode conversation in itself when we talk about how faithful we are to the things of God and to our local ministries. Amen. Amen. So let me jump right in here. We're going to talk about our first priority for every brother. God. Are we serving God and his plan that his design for our life should be our first priority. And no matter who we are, is God your first priority? The Bible says, again, I'm going to give you a couple of scriptures for you to lean on and to meditate on. We'll give you Matthew chapter number 6, verse 33. Give you Matthew chapter 10, verse 37, and Acts chapter 5, verse 29. Amen? So where are you in your relationship with God and how faithful you are? Is God the priority in your life? Is your relationship with Christ, is your service to God, is your praise and worship of God the first priority in your life over all other things? Now, that could take, that could, that could take a, a shape of a lot of things. But you, we each have to search our heart and, and make sure God is first in all things. Amen? So, so that includes a lot because for us as men, as husbands, fathers, and sons, if we put God first, then all other things will fall into place. We'll be blessed in the areas of the responsibilities that we have, the, 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 the accountability, the challenges that come at us, because whatever comes at us, if God is first, God will get us through because we understand that God is in control. Amen? The second priority we're going to talk about is family. Amen? God's grand demand, unless God has granted you a gift to sell us a be or to be without a spouse or a family. That's a whole nother discussion for the single brothers out there that God can use you more than if you don't have a family. So if you have a family, after God, your family is your next priority or should be your next priority. You know, we all know that Paul was single and didn't have a wife or uh, any children, so God became his priority as he became the apostle to the Gentiles and the missionary journeys. Because if, if we look at if you look at the book of Acts and, and look what Paul was doing, could he have been effective if he had a wife and children at home to do all the things he did? But that's why we talk about what the single man can do can be committed more to the things of God because he has more time because he has no family. But now once we get a family, then we have to have wisdom and discernment. So family. Is that important? Is that your is that your second priority when we come now when we talk about married brothers and brothers with children? Your family is your second priority, and is that balance? And then now, do we find that balance? Because some churches, you know, I, I've I've heard it and I've seen it at some point where men want to put the church or ministry above their wives and their children. That's a lie. That's a false teaching. And that, that that can that can destroy families and destroy the faith of a generation. Because there's men who do so much for the quote unquote church or their ministry, they neglect their home. Okay? To be clear and to be trans and to be real about this, think about it. How many pastors, ministers or whatever are divorced on second and third marriages? Because they somehow they prioritize their, what, quote, unquote, what God calls you to do over being a husband to one wife 
or to being a father to their children. You know, I I, I wasn't raised in the church, and I didn't really I didn't really have known any. You know, we we all had that cliche about pastors' kids and and kids. You know, because again, have they, their fathers focused on ministry more than they did focus on being their father. And for us as, as lay members and even leaders in the church, we need to make sure that we are focused on raising our children and finding the balance and prioritizing those things of God. Because, again, our life here on this earth, we're going to be here, and there's nothing more important to us than the well-being and the spiritual growth of our wives and our children, and then ministry will come. Because, again, God's going to hold us accountable to how do we treat our family and find that balance. Because if we're making disciples, you know, we have a, it's a whole, it's all, it could be a whole conversation in ministry. Because if you're making disciples after God, you'll have help and co-laborers in ministry. Because if we, again, if we look at Paul as an example, he had, he had over 70, I believe if you count it, he had over 70 for over his life that he called co-laborers in Christ as he planted churches, as he appointed elders, as he instructed the pastors, Timothy and Titus, on how to build and to reach elders and put other men in place. We see in the book of Acts when the deacons were called to for the apostles that they might focus on the people. There's a lot there. So for us to take and put our God, our ministry, not God, but ministry over our family is not pleasing to God. So we have to all search ourselves because we can do we can do a lot of things in the name of God, but are we truly neglecting our wives and our children and our families? Now, also, I want to extend this out. We're talking about family. Let's talk about our parents, our elderly parents. We have husbands, wives, and children, and we're talking about now what is our responsibility that we should care for our seniors, the seniors in our own home. I mean, ministry outreach is one thing, but the seniors in our own home, amen? How do we prioritize and, and find a balance that we're looking out for our mothers, our fathers, our senior uh, our aunties, whatever, whoever it is that's in our bloodline. Let me say it like that. The bloodline. Are we, willing, are we, are we making a priority that we are, as men of God, standing in the gap for them? Because we also have to look about and, and, and understand that that's also important. Amen. So when we go, I want to go back. <laughs> I kind of hated myself, but still. And when we're talking about in the church, we all know the scriptures of. Um, I give you some other scriptures to refer for reference to. We go Second Timothy chapter three, uh, what is it, verses uh, two to five, when it talks about the qualifications for a pastor, an elder, and a deacon. A long time ago, a pastor taught me, and, and, I, and, I, and, I, and, I, and I and I connect and I connected, connected that and believed that too. And we also talk about this a lot in our man up groups and our men's fellowships. It's Christian men's talk. We do our man up groups. Those instructions and those guidelines for a pastor in Titus and in Timothy that should be the standard for all the men in the church. Because again. This is not something these men, these are what these, who these men were. They, Paul was telling Timothy and Titus to look for these men, the congregation, not train them up. Okay? These were the men. Again, and when we look in the book of Acts, when they looked for those six men to serve, they looked at who was already 
in there, in the ministry, living obedient lives, living righteous lives, living sanctified and holy lives. And that was the qualification. It wasn't that you was training them. Because, if we, because, again, if we're living by the word of God that we know and that we're being taught and being discipled and mentored, we're going to rise and mature to that level that now we meet the standard when the time when God ordains to put a man in the place of leadership. It's not just something we can train because if, not, if they're not being discipled without a title, they may not be qualified for a title. That's a whole nother show again, but we just have to, again, we have to examine ourselves, examine what we're doing and, and, and what are we holding each other? What is the standard we're holding each other to? Are we truly holding each other accountable to the word of God when it comes to these things? Or are we just uh, sentimental about the things we do, about who we like and who our friends are and who we've known for years? That's fine. But is that what God is calling people to do and how we have unqualified people in position? I'll leave it. Again, we're talking about the prioritizers, the biblical priorities of a Christian man. And you're listening to Issues Christian Men talking. I'm Deacon Thomas Farr. We are live every Saturday morning at 9 a.m. Or you can listen to uh, this broadcast and our past broadcasts by going to www.blogtalkradio.com forward slash Deacon Thomas Farr. And, and we have we've been, um, excuse me, been, been doing this for about five or six years. We have many episodes. We have a lot of topics we've talked about. So I encourage you to reach out and uh, listen in and pray that something would be said that would encourage you along the way, get you to thinking, get you to study, get you to see where you are and examine yourself, and also have a word to speak into the life of your brothers around you. Amen? So now, as a Christian husband, we have our wives, our children, our siblings, our parents, our wives' parents, our siblings. These are all family members. Again, how, as men of God, I, I used to say this a lot, brothers, I, it, you know, some of us are Abraham in our homes, in our bloodline. We're the first male to be saved and be an example of those around us, or how God is going to use us to reach others in our generation. How is he going to use us to reach our, our sister-in-law, our sister, our nephews, our cousins, our other family members? Again, you know, we all, some of us have family members who have, quote, unquote, been in church forever, but we know what their lives are like. But now, are we going to be an example in our marriages when it comes to uh, being an example of Christ, being that so light to our family around us? I extend, we're calling it our extended family, you know, and because we, we again, we can be an example. We can plant the seeds in people's lives. We can, we can, people can see us as salt and light and how we do and be there and pray for folk and be, and also be there when the questions come about, when you're going through. If you look at your extended family, when those funerals come, those weddings come, all those things of life come, there'll be opportunities for you to plant the seed of the gospel or word into someone's life that might encourage them that the Holy Spirit can now use and will use to bring them unto salvation. So are we being the Abraham in our bloodlines, you know, and are we passing it down from generation to generation and our extended family? Amen. So we just have to um, remember that and keep it family first and making it the most important thing. Amen. And for our children, 
And, you know, we all know that we have the scriptures, man. Let me give you some scriptures because our first, our generation, the next generation behind us, is how we plant the seeds for the next generation behind us. Our children's children's children. Let me give you these scriptures. Uh, Proverbs 13 and 22. Proverbs 20, verse 7. Colossians chapter 3 and 21. Ephesians 6, verse 4. And 1 Thessalonians chapter 2, verse 11. Amen. So, as fathers, and how we treat our children, and how what we do, how do we train up our children, to mentor our children, disciple our children, guide and direct our children, have a, a, a instilling them a work ethic, instilling them the things of God, to raise them up that they have an understanding and a knowledge, and then making it. You, what, what we're really doing as fathers is preparing the ground for the seed of the gospel to take root. So there's one thing I've learned and one thing we just we discuss in our men's group sometime when we're talking about our children and grandchildren, we are to till the ground so the soil is good that the seed of the gospel will come because their salvation and their walk will not look like ours. But God will hold them accountable to the God to the gospel and the word that they receive. So we are we are called as fathers, as husbandmen, to till the ground so that the seed can be planted that they know of a God, they know the word of God, they understand what God is called, they understand what it means to be a man of faith, a woman of faith, and how they have to now take that and, exa- and now live that thing out, just as we have lived it out. You know, some of us have been saved a long time, but we wasn't always where we are now when we started, but we were able to grow. Just like we wasn't, some of we, again, we were, all, we were not all born parents, but we became parents. And we pray that our children will become parents for the next generation. But as we are to prepare the ground that the seed will grow. And let me say this, when we're talking about teenagers and 20-year-olds or wherever that's at with your child, pray, pray, and trust God. And, again, seek wisdom and discernment when it comes to when we deal in with our children, where they are, and their struggles, their personalities, okay? And we have to be important about that because we have to remember what did it take to save us, what did it take to keep us, and what did we have to go through that we overcame because of our faith. So our goal as fathers is to give, give our children a faith that they can, that will endure and persevere through the challenges of life. That give them rules to obey and be strict to a point where now they can't they can't function when there's no taskmaster. Amen? Amen. So that's priority number two. That was a lot. I pray that you would meditate and think on that thing. The next we're going to talk about as priority as the church. Again, we're talking about the biblical priorities of a Christian man, God, family, and now the church. Are we committed to our local ministries? When I say the church, I mean the local ministry as men. Are we part of the vision and the mission of the local church? Are we are we co-laborers? Are we coming alongside the pastors and elders and the leaders to be able to do what God is called to do? Again, 
I'll be those men. When when God needs to anoint leaders, elders, deacons, where are we in the life that we're living, obedient lives that now we can be used by him? Talk about positions and elders and ministry and titles. You know, there's a lot to that because, again, because of sin and when, man, and when human beings and mankind put their hands to the things of God, it, it turns corrupt. We've seen that over the centuries. We see it in the Bible with the pastors and the priests, even in, in, in Old Testament time, the corruption of men can taint what God has ordained. That's fine. But we have, that's a whole nother discussion. But again, are we living those lives? God wants us all to serve in the local church in some capacity. We call it a lot of things. We call it gifts and talents. But God calls us to serve one to another, to build a community, because we are a royal priesthood. And the priests serve every one of us as a place in the local body. And as men, we have an important place to lead in the home, in the church, in the community, because that's God ordained call for every man to be, to lead. Amen. So we all must be serving in local community in some capacity. Trust me. Find out. Talk to your pastor. Say this. We say this a lot. It's just Christian men as long. But we encourage the brothers at all times. If you if you want to if you have a heart to serve, talk to your pastor. Ask him exactly where he wants you to serve. Where does he need you to serve? Amen. Because the first thing we have to do is have a heart to serve and then be obedient to the call. Because we don't have to. We don't. God can use anyone, and God will train you up. Because if you're rooted and grounded in the word, you have enough between the word of God, the Holy Spirit, and a heart to serve, you can accomplish your task to be given to you to the best of your ability. And, then, and not comparing yourself to what others are doing but what God has put you in a position to do. Again, are you prepared for the opportunity and are you seeking the opportunity to please and to serve in the local ministry? That's basically what we have to do, you know? Amen. So, again, brothers, are you serving as the church becomes a priority? And when I talk about that, it's about are you prioritizing the coming together over other things that will take your time, your talent, and your finances? Or are you supporting the local church in all those areas, time, talent, and treasure? Amen? So. Your ministry is, is the avenue of a ministry event. And it could be for anything from women to children to men to outreach to evangelism. Where are you if you made time for it? When it's put when the things are put out there, I'll make it plain. When things are put out there in the ministry, in the cat church calendar, the church website, announcements, whatever, are you now looking, how can I help? Where do you need me to make this thing move forward? Are we participating? Because, again, even when we go back to what we talked about, is God, the first priority is God. Are you participating in what God is doing through the local church? When it comes to family, are you participating in local church to set an example to your children and your wife on what it means to serve as a Christian, as a lay Christian, not a Christian that is necessarily in a title or position? Are you setting an example for your children and your family on what it looks like to serve, to humble yourself and get on your knees and to watch someone Always setting an example as men. 
husbands, and fathers. Amen? So that's what we have to focus on when we're talking about the ministry and the church and what it means to be part of a local church. Amen? Uh, I'm going to give you a couple of scriptures here for your study and your edification. 1 Corinthians chapter 12, verses 4 to 6. And, uh, well, let's go 1 Corinthians chapter 12, the whole chapter. Ephesians chapter 3, verse 21. Hebrews chapter 10, verses 23 to 25. These scriptures, I ask you to meditate on them, to study them, that you might understand what God is calling us when we talked about the church. Amen? Priority number four, community. Are we being salt and light? Are we serving? Are we, being, are we in place? There's a call for us as Christians to now be salt and light in this culture and community. And, again, this is about the church having a priority to reach the lost. We come together to worship, but then we scatter to spread the gospel and serve the lost to reach again, to till the soil that the seed will fall on good ground. And are we making ourselves known? You know, some churches, they never leave their building. Everything they do is in the building. Everything is about the building, the building, in the building, gathering in the building. I pray that everyone would search their heart and their soul about that. Because sometimes the church needs to leave the building. There's a lot of things that we can do as a collective body. We can do more together than we can separately. And this goes about connecting with other ministries, what other ministries are doing to build. Because, again, the body of Christ is the original network. And if the world does it in every aspect. People network to fundraise. People network to get this done, that done. You know, people, you pull people from over here, you pull people from over there, you know, they have a whole thing. Uh, putting a program together to, to do whatever. But what is the church doing? Or what are churches doing? Local ministries, can they come together to accomplish the things of God as one body? Because there's only one church. We just have different local, uh, uh, what do we have, what do I call it? Local gatherings. We may gather in different groups, but there's only one church, there's only one body of Christ. But we might gather we might gather separately, but then there shouldn't be a reason we cannot come together when it comes to, for example, evangelism or reaching the community. Or even than that, that we can show the community that as different ministries we can come together and show that we have we are in fellowship, that we're not that we're not in competition to one another. I see this a lot with some of the ministries that I'm connected with, some of the men that I'm connected with. We don't have a problem coming together, and we don't have to wear our own individual colors. We, wear, we, wear, we, we come under the banner of Christ as Christians, and now we're going to reach the lost. We're going to serve in the name of God, not in the name of our pastor, in the name of our church. Amen? I'm going to leave that right there. That's a whole other conversation that can be had. Who are we serving and why are we serving? Are we serving again to please God and to stand before him and him well done, my good and faithful servant? Priority number five, brothers, I'm almost done, almost done. I didn't want to. <laughs> but, again, I just want to plant to see, to be able to get you to a place where we're considering who we are, examining ourselves, to hold each other accountable, to encourage one another, to challenge one another, and to support one another. Amen? Finally, number five, work. The Bible, the Bible tells us that a man 
that was created to be workers. Our minds and our body as men were simply built to work. Some of us were built for physical work based on labor. Others were built for more intellectual-based labor. We see that with the technology, what's going on. You know, uh, myself, I'm in electronics field, computer field. I know brothers. I know IT brothers. I know program manager brothers. I know carpenters. I know um, these are all things that, as men, we are called to work. And through that work, we are to be able to provide for our families, our communities, and our ministries. But we all are called to work, and we have to encourage that in our young men to give them a work ethic. Because, again, you know, God, you know, we all, we all know the scripture that but we all know what God did in Genesis with Adam. Before Adam had anything, God gave him a task. He anointed him to a, he anointed him to a call to do, to tend the garden and to name the animals. That's what God gave him. That's what God built him for, to have dominion over his creation, this earth, and all the creatures. So we as men of God, have to understand this is part of who we are and how we were built, even before the fall. But with the fall, some of us see work as a problem. Some of us see work as a curse, which is a lie, which is a false teaching. And if you've ever been told that before, that, that a lot of that comes from the prosperity gospel, a man with you are built. Again, let me say it again. God created us to be to work, physically or intellectually. Remember. He tended the garden, and he also gave him the intellectual and the knowledge to be able to name all the animals. So somewhere in there, in that spectrum, is where we are and where you are. So we need to find that place. And, again, it, you, it's something that's learned. It's something that's good for our children, our sons and daughters. We have to instill that in them, that work ethic. Again, we are, plant, we are preparing the ground as husbandmen, that the seed of the word will take root. And a lot of what we have now is is people, men who don't want to work, can't, whatever, whatever reason, because they, they, it's, their ground is hard and rocky because they didn't have no one to show them the way. We like to hold a lot of young people, especially even, well, I'll say young, anybody, but we, we, we hold them to a standard, but that's not how they were raised. We can't forget that. So we have to be able to take opportunity, as just like I speak of my brothers here in Baltimore, and I know some other programs, mentoring programs in New York and different cities, that we have to teach these young men because the ground is not being, has not been tilled for them. They don't see men work. They don't understand what it is to work. They don't see the joy in it. They're put, they're, they, they don't understand that this is how they were built and who they are and the satisfaction, the joy they receive from having something to being able to do something and produce something or to participate. That's why it's important as men of God and as the body of Christ and as the church that we can reach the Lord, those who don't have. We like to hold people accountable to a lot of scriptures, but we're not willing to put in our work to help them understand. Everybody likes the scripture of a man doesn't, doesn't work, he doesn't eat. But if a man doesn't know how to work, how do you expect him to eat? but you're not willing to spend the time to show him how to work or put again, instill in him a work ethic if he wasn't raised with a work ethic. So are we reaching him with the gospel and how to apply that gospel and to find his niche? Again, we all were created with a specific ability 
for physical or intellectual work, but unless that thing is nurtured and brought out of us, we'll never know. And we see it a lot because they do it, but they do it for they do it for the wrong reason. You know, the old example, I mean it's not an old example, but it's a new example. We have young brothers out here running, doing selling drugs, selling this, doing all this. All that is a work. But what are they working unto? And the devil is using their ability. Because that is a skill and ability to do those illegal activities. But again, without guidance and direction, their skills and abilities are being used for Satan and not to glorify God. They're being used to destroy communities, to be able to uh, uproot communities and bring havoc. But they, oh, uh, I just told every now. They're using their skills and abilities to be menaces to society. And what is the church doing? And what are we as men of God doing to harness that, to reach out beyond our circle, to be an influence, to be salt and light in the community? And that when this work is part of that. So where are we, brothers? Pastors, elders, deacons, leaders, where are we at? What is our church doing to reach the Lord? Are we getting out of our buildings? Well, first of all, are we making disciples who can scatter and share the gospel and bring light to the darkness? Or do we just gather and keep our light hidden under a basket behind the four walls of the church? Amen. All right, brothers, this has been Issues Christian Miss Talk. I'm Deacon Thomas Farr. I'd like to thank you for listening in. All those who listened in who called in at 646-668-2636 or listen online at www.blogtalkradio.com forward slash Deacon Thomas Farr. We appreciate you. And again, I thank you. I ask you to consider the, the biblical priorities of a Christian man, God, family, the church, community, and work. And we encourage you to join us again every Saturday morning at 9 a.m. Um, as we continue to speak life into these situations, as we continue to try and speak life into what's going on in the world, in our lives, that God will be pleased with us. This is all we like to do. Again, uh, again, as a commercial uh, introduction, January the 13th, Jesus Lives Ministry, Seven Men's Fellowship. We're going to invite you to come out to that. Uh, reach out to me, text me, I can get you the uh, location and the time. we also coming up in February, having a men's gathering. Church of Redeeming the Lord meets every first Saturday at 10 a.m. Grace Community Church of Fulton Marathon, their men meet on Monday nights at 7 p.m. There's a lot going on. If your church, your ministry has a men's gathering, men's Bible study, men's fellowship, please reach out to me, let me know, and I can put it out to the brothers. Brothers, I ask that you stay encouraged, continue, continue to strive to live lives that are pleasing to him, and that you would never, never, never give up. Amen? Let us pray. Father God, I thank you for this opportunity. I thank you for the time, oh God, that you would speak, that I would use me to speak into the lives of people. God, I am just a vessel, and I ask, oh God, that you give me peace today as we continue to minister and reach the brothers. As we come close to another year, God, another calendar, another rotation around the sun, God, that we don't know the future. We know that your coming is intimate, I mean, immediate. But however, God, we continue to press in until you show, until you come back, until you rapture us out. We thank you, God, for all that you're doing. Continue to strengthen us, encourage us, and touch us, and continue to guide us and direct us to the power of the Holy Spirit. In Jesus' name I pray. Amen, amen, and amen.
Furbo Vacation Homes come with 24-7 live support. So if you ever need anything, you can reach a real person in about a minute. Hey, how can I help? Furbo, private vacation rentals for you and your people. When you earn your degree online at Arizona State University, you get everything the nation's most innovative university has to offer. The same internationally recognized faculty, the same nationally ranked programs, the same degree. Learn more at asuonline.asu.edu.